ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Bethel Radio Hour, where Bible study and radio collide. Tonight in our segments, we will be discussing Romans chapter 8, verses 6 through 11, sharing some current events and conversing about raising children. I am Molly Kingston, your producer, and joining me on the panel tonight is Pastor Ben Kingston, Dr. Gavin Hooks, and Ryan Mayberry. Gentlemen, riddle me this. What is more useful when it is broken? What is more useful when it is broken? A glow light. A good answer, but not the one I'm looking for. You want to get your mic in front of your face so we can hear you? <laughs> I heard myself. Uh, we, uh, no, we heard you. <laughs> okay. I got nothing on this one because... It can only be useful if it serves its purpose, and if it's broken, it doesn't serve its purpose. Well, unless its purpose is to be broken. Record. Unless we dove into the spiritual world, then it, <sighs> the answer is everyone, because, uh, you know, God uses broken vessels. This is a church this podcast. This super deep. It's not that deep. If you think you have the answer, and well, don't look it, it up on Google. I knew you weren't that deep. And then you can send your answer, and I'm going to ignore that. Um, to the number on the screen. Those in the audience, I already said that. Text it to the number on the screen, and I'll give the correct answer. If anyone guesses it, if not, at the end, I'll tell you what it is. We encourage you to text any questions or input about all topics of discussions that we broach. As always, if you listen later online, please comment your answer on the Facebook post, and then like and share so others can join in on the fun. Also, we heard that we got two days on Spotify, we got 600 listens both days. Yay. So we had record cool. highs on those That's two more days. more people than we had at church. And the then they Sunday. disappeared on Monday. So, um, but so yeah, so please like and share. And I have on the Facebook page, on Bethel's fix, Facebook page, are all the links to where you can listen to the podcast. Um, and I had someone text me that they didn't hear the question. So the riddle is, what is more useful when it is broken? Tonight we are discussing Romans chapter 6, verses 8 through 11. Okay, so for context, uh, we're going to back up just for a second. Uh, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. So now starting in verse 8, Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died in the sin once. But in, the, in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let, are we to 11? Okay. Uh, this reminds me, as far as just a challenge, uh, the black preacher was asked how he prepares to preach and he was a well-known black preacher at the time. And he said, well, I reads myself full. I thinks myself clear. I praise myself hot. And I lets myself go. 
And uh, that is a very good way to just study scripture, to read to the point of you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm starting to comprehend. And then you just think yourself clear. You, you, you ask God to show you this. You know, when, when I'm in a right place, before I read the word of God, I'll, I've got a pat prayer. People will tell you not to say vain things. That's based on a passage in one of Paul's epistles. But he's talking about people that are just saying things to say things, and they think it brings things to pass. It doesn't work that way. But when you come up with a particular prayer that you pray every time and you're sincere when you pray it, I think that's very powerful. Uh, and so I ask the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to lead God and direct my every thought concerning everything uh, about his word, my life for him and his ministry in my life. So in this particular area, uh, I want to think about this idea in verse 7. Christ died, we died. Okay, so let's read the verse again. I'm sorry, verse 8, I mean. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. So if Christ died, we died. This is as a result of you and I asking Christ to forgive us of our sins, to come into my heart and be our Savior. That's salvation. Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him for the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now, I, I, I do believe that as churches, if we're not careful, we can fall into something that's called easy believism. And, you know, a lot of times if churches and preachers aren't careful, they're just pushing for a decision so that they can say, hey, we had one except Christ today. It's not about that. It's about disciples. It's about people truly coming face to faith with Christ. So I will always, you know, almost every sermon say that sinner's prayer or Romans 10:9, so that if there is someone in our you know, auditorium that day that does not know Christ and the free pardon of sin, that's a seed that has been planted. But what I'm looking for more than them coming forward that morning, I'm looking for an opportunity to sit down with them or anybody in our church or the person that invited them to have a soul talk. You know, uh, when you and your wife, you and your uh, husband, you and your friend, you and your son or daughter, when you really want to deal with something, you don't want to get it done meaning it's not going to get done in 15 seconds. It may take an hour. It may take a day. It may take a week. And that's good. You know, work, work through it. So what I'm trying to express here is that this passage is trying to explain to you just what happened when you accepted Christ as your Savior and, and the powerfulness of, of overcoming sin is what I'm trying to express as well. You guys jump in at any, any point. Uh, just that. So isn't, uh, among theologians, isn't Romans considered the manifesto of Christianity yes. or, the, or the constitution yes. of Christianity? Yep. And this passage here declares the, the death of the dominion of sin. Yep. So so sin's power is nullified in the, the death Canceled. and resurrection of Jesus yep. Christ. He, here, herein is our, our uh, liberty proclaimed in this passage we, we no longer have to serve sin we don't have, have to um charles swindoll's the a sermon i heard from him a long time ago is what i'm calling this all from he he used to say you know when you've got a um, bondage to some sin when you're some sin just eat your lunch and you can't get free of it start saying every time you have the urge to do that start saying yes massa yes massa every time mm. that happens 
put yourself in the place of a the slave. servant to that right. act that's destructive, and and it helps break the power of it. You don't have to be a, a servant uh, or the um, <laughs> the humiliated uh, servant of a of a sin or some kind of habit or or destructive thought life. Right. So in verse sixteen which we'll probably get to in two weeks. Uh, know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So a- absolutely, that's spot on. Uh, what what Romans 6 is trying to explain is that who you give yourself to, you are a servant to them. And Christ's death, burial, and resurrection broke the necessity of you and I being a servant to sin. Before Christ, we... You know, it's just what we have. It's it's who we are. It's what we are. We are a servant to sin. But because of Christ, we don't have to be that anymore. And uh, was it Bill Gothard used to say, uh, as far as was it being the servant of sin? I'm sorry, I'm going to mess this this uh, quote up. You're testing my memory. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's let's move on. So I, I, I got another like perspective on this. on this too. So I referenced the verse in Genesis a bunch of times now on the show that says, you know, when he's God's talking to Cain, he tells him sin's going to come to your door and you have the power to reject it. Right. That was before Christ. So what would you say to the idea that it's more when you say you're not a slave to sin? It's more because obviously, if everybody has free will, even if you're not saved, you have the ability not to sin. Correct. It, but you're not going to have the drive or the reason not to sin necessarily. So I think it's more that you've been saved from the punishment of that sin and you've been given a reason not to do it. What do you, what do you think of that idea rather than it's not possible not to sin if you're unsaved? It's like dragging the old dead grave clothes and putting them back on. Mm -hmm. You, 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 there's no reason to get back into that form of bondage. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But you're also say that last part again. Can you repeat yourself? no, because I don't remember. Okay, what okay. I said well, because it, it <laughs> sounded, it's more, you said it's more like you owe the free will of not actually mm-hmm. having to choose sin. So we. So whether, have, whether you're saved, saved or unsaved, ability. you have free will, right? Right. right. Do we have so can the you ability not choose not, not, to, not sin? to sin, even if you're not saved? To, you don't have a reason not to. To, to, to some point. level. Yeah. To, to some level. The, the, I think what we need to bring to bear here, though, is, is the, you know, what, what is the condition of the spirit? Uh, for a lost man, the condition yeah. of the spirit. Is I was going to say it depends. Absolutely know, dead. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and and, a, but that same picture though, that same picture uh, works when when a person you know after Christ. So before Christ, I, I think sure. I mean, because because we we know people, we know people in Alcoholics Anonymous and, and other things. That quote they, unquote good people who are that, unsaved. That's, yeah. that's right. Absolutely. Um, and so. You know, when I started preaching, I falsely and, and un, you know, I, I made a lot of errors. And one of them was I tried to basically make it sound like that, uh, you know, lost people didn't have any fun. You know, well, lost people have a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> and some of that fun is absolute sin, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in the such. So, but I, I was trying to make Christianity more attractive. You know, well, God doesn't need my help. To, mm-hmm. to make it more attractive. Yeah, reality will make Christianity That's right. You, you point to Christ, let him do the difference. But I, I, I don't disagree, Ryan, mm-hmm. that a lost person, because of free will, can certainly, again, to some level, overcome ill and bad things. 
but 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 I th- obviously they can't do it to the point that they are sinless. Exactly, which we is have what to die you have with, to do without Christ. Yeah, die with Christ, like right. it says here. Right. Well, so in a way, so I'm curious now, mm-hmm. if we don't have free will in the fact that because once we are born, it doesn't matter as a baby. You don't have to sin. You're already a sinner. You Correct. are already. Mm-hmm. Your spirit's sinner by dead. nature, sinner by choice, sinner right. by birth. Right. But so since we are a sinner by nature, do we even have free will anymore in order to not sin? Like, we don't really have free will to not be a sinner. Well, I, so if that was the truth, we would all be murderers. We would all be alcoholics. We would all be, you know, fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. So, again, I, I think to some level we have the so ability. What I'm, so what I'm trying, I didn't also... Like, Adam and Eve were the first and only people to really have the free choice. Correct. And then, since then, we don't really have the choice to not be sinners because we are inherently sinners. Correct. We have the free will to choose God. I'm not saying we don't have that free choice. Right. But we don't have the choice not, we don't have the same choices that Adam and Eve had. You're not a non-sinner before your first sin. Yeah. Correct. So, Adam and Eve had had the choice whether or not to to stay with God. Mm-hmm. We've got the choice to whether we want to join God, right. whether we want right. to, to enter in a relationship. And the, as far as being a, a servant to, so when you're a servant to sin, you're a servant to sin and all of its <coughs> byproducts and natural um, sequelas, the word we use in medicine, the natural outcome of sin is death. You, that's what's broken. So, so if you're not a servant to sin, you're no longer servant to its ultimate condemnation you're no you're no longer servant to the natural outcome of death you're no longer you're that's broken that part is broken in uh verse 9 knowing that christ being raised from the dead the dead dieth no more so that death has basically the death of jesus christ has freed us from the consequences of the natural death that comes from sin so the reign of sin is broken yeah. death hath no more dominion over you so you don't serve sin as a kingdom or a, as a, a a way of life or um a well, condition you don't serve yourself sure. you know i, I mean the, the the three entities that basically support lostness the devil the world and your flesh you know the devil says Live your best life. This is all you got. The world says, go for the gusto. You deserve a break today. Follow your, your heart. Follow your heart. And your flesh says, you bet. Your flesh has the appetites of the eye, the urges of the flesh. All three ultimately say, you know, worship yourself. That's and it. That's, that's yeah, what you, it boils you, down to. Th- this is it. Right I am here. God. That, right. And all three of those lead to absolute death, you know. I personally believe that's why suicide is, you know, is just going up and up and up and up because when you become the center of your universe and it no longer satisfies what's left, you know, because we know, not because we're all-knowing, we know because the Word of God tells us and we know because of the experience that we see, none of that stuff satisfies on the long run, you know. Uh, we've probably, as adults here, all lived enough life to know the excesses of this world, which we're told will really bring satisfaction and joy, do not. That They do not. And and so, you know, it's the controlling of the flesh that brings really satisfaction and joy. It's the controlling of expectations and the such that that can bring that. And Christ is the only one that offers any kind of self-control over yourself. 
That, this is good stuff. So Christ died, we died. And then it says, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Christ lives, we live. Death hath no more dominion over him. And death being the ultimate goal of sin, the ultimate right. fruit of sin. Is the that, fruit, that dominion fruition, broken. yeah, right. Uh, all right. And then, um, for in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Okay. So death has no more power over Jesus. And then here's the kicker. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. So Christ died, we died. Christ lives, we live. Christ overcame death. Then we get that too. And as a result, this is how you put it into action. Reckon. That word reckon just means to make the choice. That you also yourselves can be dead indeed to sin. Now, as a young man, Ryan, uh, this was a freeing thing for me because in the area of lust and the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, I mean, fill in the blank, a dead man doesn't get, you know, uh, aroused, however you want to say it. A dead man has no reaction to that because he's dead. And and that's a choice, you know. The, the, the man or the woman in view here has to make the choice, I'm dead to that. That's the what I was going to say a while ago about Bill Gothard. That's where yeah. I got that concept from. How would a how would a Me dead too. man respond to a? He's the first person I heard that from. So uh, so some some enticement. Freedom. Some, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so reckon yourself that way. How would the how would a dead man respond to that? They wouldn't. Wouldn't there'd be there'd be no motion. There'd be no uh, there'd be no lustful thoughts. There'd be no. So brother Brad, go ahead and put that first thing on. Uh, this comes from some discipleship material. That um, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, brother. No, no, I just want to get that out of my head before I forgot it. So this is uh, out of the dominant spirit of this discipleship material, and uh, the very top part is where you want to get to. Okay, the the bottom part is where we're at as lost individuals. Okay, the spirit is dead, so there's no communication between the spirit and the soul. So the soul and the body they make their mind up. Okay, so the body, uh, I'm sorry, the soul is the mind, will, and emotion. And the body, of course, is all the urges that the body has. It sees food it wants, tells the soul, ooh, that, lo that looks good, and the soul says, go for it. And so uh, that's why sin is so prevalent. Well, the person that gets saved, if they do not enter into a really good discipleship you know, situation and they don't understand what has happened, it's what the Bible calls carnal. They're saved, they're going to heaven, but they are fleshly. Carnal simply means fleshly. So the Spirit's alive and communicating with the Holy Spirit, but the Spirit and the soul aren't communicating. And so uh, the, the mind, will, and emotion hears the Spirit and the, basically ignores it and because you're still being ran by the urges of the flesh. Well, then up top, the Spirit receives, and, and this is what we call the dominant Spirit. The Spirit takes over, and the Spirit says, no, body, you, you know, you, you die. You die to yourself. Uh, you die to the flesh. You die to the sin. And the mind, will, and emotion then responds to the spirit and tells the body what to do, and that is a spirit-filled life. Now, I don't know about you, but that rolls off the tongue, and it ain't near as easy as it rolls off the tongue. It, it is very difficult, but it is possible. And the more you do it, the easier it comes. And, and it, it's like anything uh, that, that, you know, you string three, four, five, six, eight, ten years doing this. And, and again, no, we don't believe you're going to become sinless but we believe you're going to sin less. Let's see. Uh, look at that second one. 
there we go. Um, and this is where the word of God comes in. Uh, the channels are kept clear by the piercing of God's word. You know, we're, we're kidding ourselves if we think we're going to reach a spirit-filled life without the word of God. The word of God is the generating power of the Holy Spirit to do what he calls and tells us to do. Comments, questions, corrections. So obeying the Spirit doesn't always appear rational. Oh so no, somebody Lord that's, help! Somebody that's filled with the Spirit, they don't. They don't. Sometimes they sometimes say things that don't sound yeah. right, or right. sometimes do things that don't make sense, <clears throat> and that they, they ultimately are are under the influence, or at least of, of um, obeying what the Spirit has, has told them to do. And I, and once you get involved in that, you find yourself in the circumstance where. Something's not working. Something's not working. Some, something's not working. But you've been having this um, sense that you should do something, and, and you finally do it. And then all the doors break break open. Right. Um, there's some. You're like, oh. uh, that's yeah. So o- obedience, of course, to the spirit often brings open doors. Often brings more opportunity. Um, the love cycle. Yeah. L- yeah, loving amen. more, understanding more, obeying more, more, loving more, more right? loving more. Yeah, amen. Uh, Christian growth cycle. Once you've you've uh, stepped out in faith, and He's proven Himself faithful, you're more willing to to do right. it again. And and it's in those circumstances, those situations that I've felt the most fulfilled in my life. I've I felt like the purpose of my life was. Um, palpable. Mm. I, I'm here for a reason. God Amen. has a purpose for me. Um, I, I'm going to keep doing this. I, I, the feeling, the rush that comes. Um, a couple times when I was, you know, is this an every day, but shared the gospel with someone and I could see in their eyes that they were waiting for this to happen. Right. And I, I'm like, sorry, Lord, it took so long to do this. Amen. Yeah. Well, so the reason I laughed, the VeggieTales, when they would do something good, one of the VeggieTales would say, We've done good here. <laughs> and I think about that, you know, when we accomplish something. So, uh, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord, uh, death and sin hath no more power over us either, only if we choose to indulge. Are we out of time? We are out of time. Um, so while we were talking about that, though, <coughs> I had two people send in a text with they the correct right? answer, and the answer was an egg. Aww. An egg is... What about ground? Breaking ground. Breaking ground. Well, and honestly, when I saw that riddle, I was like, there could be multiple answers to this. But this one just so happened to choose an egg to be the answer. Fair enough. So, yeah. I I, I love eggs. So I have chickens. (laughs) So current events. This is the first time we are doing this. So I asked everyone on the panel to pick a current event and to talk about it. This is a break, so it doesn't have to be a very long thing. It could really just be... So all of us get to tell a current event? If we have time, yeah. I, okay. I was thinking... Well, Brad, get uh, get that other video ready. All right, here we go. And, and I'm not making fun. I love this guy, okay? Uh, in the bathroom taking a shave, and I heard a, a screeching, saw that between a screech and a whistle. <laughs> I said, what in the world is this? And I heard a boom in my whole house show. White says he didn't realize it was a plane at the time, so he didn't call anybody. The first thought came to me. I said, must be a meteorite coming out of space or something. And I said, well, if the airplane, it needed to be reported. Look, the thing was flying just too low. The F-35B airplane wreckage created an extensive debris field. The wreckage is located off Old Georgetown Road. 
Military security is very tight with numerous red and white signs on the... Uh, so I that, guarantee you that guy's a deacon at a church down the road. So that is a video for anyone listening later on of a news interview with a guy who is talking about um, an F-53, F-35, F-35, sorry. No, you're fine. Jet uh, crash near him and his impersonation so of the plane it. was hilarious. So they found it. That's a big deal. They did That's find it. That's a huge deal. Yeah. 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 Cool. I, how do you lose? How, how much does it cost? A billion dollars? 80, 80 billion dollars. Oh and, and they're looking for it. Not, 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 can you tell me if a plane came by her? I mean, come on, folks. Who's the guy that goes with the clipboard down? 16, 17. <laughs> goes back to the show. <laughs> We're missing Uh-oh, guys. 80 billion dollar plane, folks. But Uh-oh. no, I, I would love, I'd love to do dinner with that guy. Because, I mean, he, he just, he, unassuming, just, just happy-go-lucky and <laughs> that was uh, thank goodness he found it's like, it. The yeah. salt of the earth kind of salt people. Salt of the yeah. earth guy. I was in God the house him. taking a shave, you know, taking a shave, and I hear this. <laughs> so, because that would be me if if they came by, and I, who was I was joking with somebody. Oh well, this was a much more serious situation. But Sunday, Tom shared with us the fact that a, a fella had ended his life after a car accident, and he was the first on the scene. And so, you know, after we got past the obvious seriousness of it, I told him, if they interview you, you're from St. Clair, Longdale, you got to run somewhere and get some Billy Bob teeth because everybody that they interview from our area, that's what they look some like. Tooth you know. black, put some tooth that's black. That's right. Out. I'll tell you what, for sure. All right, sorry, that's my current event. All right, anyone? Uncle Gavin or Ryan, so, so the current event uh, for, for me was a person, and, and it's kind of the advent of a person that's become very popular and kind of central to the, you know, the right side of things is Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he's been a kind of rising star, and I, I love the guy, but he's delved into religion. I have a little warning about that. He, I, he doesn't, and maybe he has, right? You may have heard him make a profession of faith, but he, he goes into a lot of scriptural uh, lesson telling, and it's, it's very insightful. I mean, so, some of the, the things that he says, I'm like, he can't Not. see that without right. having a relationship yeah. with the right. Lord. Uh, so, but he never says that. He right. never says that I have a personal relationship with Jesus right. Christ. He when says we were, that he's not atheist, atheist anymore. Yeah, when we were at the discussion that he held, we were like, he basically said he was a Christian without saying the words, yeah. I am Did a Christian. everything he could to yeah. not say it. Exactly. Yeah. Do, yeah. You, do you think he's doing that so that people won't turn him off? I, I, I think he's trying to communicate his message to everyone rather than... Cause Every Christian wants him to hear him say he's a Christian. Every non-Christian yeah. doesn't oh, want yeah. him to say that. Right. So he's just trying to communicate his message, it which just he tells us where he's doing it personally. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I, I don't really necessarily. I don't know if I have a problem with him not doing it, but in because he is clearly professing it. Right. But I do see where well, the hang up. You know, you have that little verse that says, "If you deny me before men." Yeah. Yeah, and he's right. obviously not denying. He's it. not yeah. denying. No, no. He, he is and, not. And and he's um, got nothing but good things to say about right. scripture and right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean. Yeah, if he's not against us, he's for us at this point. Mm-hmm. I would say because, and he is. He's, he's the next Robbie Zacharias. I mean, he's, he's very intelligent, level. and what he's doing now with like he did a whole dive into Genesis and then Exodus, oh, yeah. and I think he's doing something else later. But he got a whole panel of people, and right. from all different walks of right. life and all flavors of yeah. Christianity, yeah. you know. Um, I like that. Yeah, Exodus one. yeah, yeah. Judaism. Yeah, I, I'm curious. Um, well, and it just. Oh, I'm curious if he's not one of the ones that Ravi worked with, because yeah, he would maybe. he would say, "I've got a you know guy up in Canada. Can't tell you much more than that." Yeah. But and this guy's really brilliant, and I, 
I just wonder because, you know, he's the type of guy that could get Robbie's, you know, yeah. hey, Robbie, can you come spend a weekend with me? You bet. Yeah. You know. What about this? Right, 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 right. Okay. Ryan? Uh, I think we're well out of time. I had something, <laughs> but it's longer than what we had time for. Okay. <laughs> I was going to just let us keep going because our mystery topic doesn't always take the amount of time well, that we give it. We so I would say go ahead, do yours, and then we can move on to the so mystery topic. So I saw topic. a – I was listening to Matt Walsh today, and he was talking about, you know, we see all the time, like, you know, uh, left-wingers trying to indoctrinate kids into the queer theory and all of that. Yeah. And Paw Patrol is the latest victim, apparently. Apparently they had a oh, – no. uh, yeah, first, you know, there's Blue's Clues and all these other yeah. kids' shows, but now Paw Patrol. They had a, a non-binary character wearing the trans socks oh, and all this other stuff. Then try to make it – you know, so subtle enough that kids notice it, but don't tell their parents. Uncle that Gavin, thing. I'm curious, have you ever treated any uh, transgender dogs? S- no, but we've had some <laughs> transgender owners. Owners, sure, right, yeah. Yeah. right. No, yeah. but no dogs. No, no. no. Nature no, is pretty no sad that there are dogs. only two genders, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yep. All right. Or, or, or degendered. Or degendered, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. I want my <laughs> cow to be degendered, but nonetheless. Yes, yes. Um, all right, moving right along. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> take that part out, Brad. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, okay, we will go ahead. I, I'll just give you the title of mine, which was China says it is positive on improving relations with the Vatican. Look at there. Yeah. China's trying to get closer to the Vatican. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So I, I have the link if you want to look more into it, but we're not going to get into it right now. So I'm just leaving you that <laughs> yeah, little bit of... We have a whole, whole section on that sometime. Well, what was funny is I clicked on the link, and it really just said that. Like, <laughs> the title was really it's just sad. that. There wasn't it's much sad. more than no that. No explanation so as to why or anything. No. It's just, yeah. it's true. It, right, yeah. yeah. Just to let you know, China's <laughs> trying to get cozy with the Vatican. Um, okay, okay, so okay. moving on to the mystery topic. Do we have the Wheel of Names, the Brad? The Wheel of Names. Your name's not on there? No, it is. Is it? Your name is not Ooh, on there. That's me. <laughs> and it is Uncle Gavin. So my mystery topic is prepping. Prepping, prepping. for... 20 years ago that had meant the, something the completely apocalypse. different. I, I, the apocalypse. We, we did this one time with Tara, and she so humiliated us, I, I just felt like... She did. Just, she did. She, she, her, she showed her, us up. So what yeah, she did. her saying was, I don't want to live 30 days longer than everybody else. So <laughs> <laughs> If the I think it was a cop-out. She didn't want something else to do, John. <laughs> <laughs> but she gave us down the road about that several yeah. times, and I get it, I get it. But in the event of some kind of natural disaster, yeah. you should have some preparation done. In Let's just say the world's not ending, but everything that we've been used to is, is gone. You bet. Uh, if you've, uh, I think it was... Is Dale, Dale, Dale turned me on to a book. It's one one hour after or one day after. I can't remember I the name. I think I've of got book. that book. Uh, very interesting concept. It's about an attack on the United States by an electrical electromagnetic yeah. pulse. EMP. That yes, um, something that happens after a, a nuclear bomb, but the, so it wipes out all of our electronics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you hear a lot of that sound. A lot of F-35s went missing after that. Um, so so something like that happens. Uh, what, what do you have what ready do you do? for that? So, so uh, just a couple of things that, and again, this is from a quick study. Um, for, first, 
uh, advice was to be sure that you have at least three days of, of food and yeah. water yeah. so you don't have to walk out of your house for three days in the right. event of a... Because anarchy is going to be happening for those three days. Potentially, people, yeah. and come, if you have supplies, somebody could come and get them. You leave your mm-hmm. house, it's open for the taking while you're gone. That's <laughs> right, unguarded. Uh, okay, so you, let's you ask the obvious question, though. Y- your electric's not working, mm-hmm. so when you open your freezer, you're letting out mm-hmm. precious air to yep. keep the, you know... Hoping that the AC or not the AC, the electric is going to be restored. Yeah. So, so anyway, I'm sorry. So so the the the, the, the source that I uh, availed myself of said start with three days, and then then so that the, then have the three week model right. to to restore. Right. So you could potentially have uh, enough um, generator to keep your fr- freezers uh. cold. So so. Plan right. like that. Right. So start with three days, then go to three weeks. And then you got to have enough gas for the generator. Months. Yeah. So right. so that, and he said it, most people take it to extreme. They want to have a year of supplies, and hardly anybody tough. has that kind of room. That'd be right. tough. But three months should be a goal for everybody to have enough resources to live on for three months in mm-hmm. the event of a terrible uh, something terrible happen. It's usually three days before the government gets established, emergency lines right. and supplies and rescues. So three days for sure have water, food, and, and a way to uh, preserve any medicines that you might have that you mm. need. Um, so, so think for three days that the things that you consume and have that in, in store. And then once you've achieved that, then think about three weeks. And you don't necessarily have to invest right. a ton of money, but at least be ready for it. Um, mm. So did, did the I would just like to take. I don't see the Rayfields. Oh, there's Julie. So Julie's been. Um, uh, what, what do you call pressure cooking chicken? And and that's canned, so that doesn't need freezer or even refrigeration. So that would be a, a way. Yeah. Well, and so that's what I was about to say too. Is I would take your prepping and raise you like homesteading. You know, <laughs> just learning how to live right. off of everything, yeah. like to li- live without the grocery stores, to live yeah. without electricity, right. go back to digging in the holes and putting things in the ground type thing. So another another aspect of prepping is information. Mm. Yes. To store information right. on how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, th- I think that, you know, th- they're making supposedly really good MREs these days. And, and uh, you know, you could avail yourself to three weeks of that. Yeah. You know, so there are wouldn't. also companies who sell, like, buckets of food. Correct. So, like, yeah. this is your three months' yeah. worth yeah. of food or whatever. And I think they follow, like, the MRE right, right, right. setup. They'll tell you how much water you need yeah, per right. person per day. I mean, all, all of that stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Interesting. But you should at least have three days of preparation. A- at least. Yeah. And if you, you know, if we're following the model of Christ, we should have some to help other people. Uh, right. right. Enough for us and to share. Right. Potluck. <laughs> there you go. Uh, someone just texted in that a cheap way is if you have a well instead of a hand install a hand pump. So if you yeah. have a well, mm-hmm. install a hand pump so you don't need to rely on the yeah. electricity. Yeah. All right. So we can move on to our next break, which is favorite Bible verse quotes slash saying. So I'll go ahead and just start with mine, which is... Um, Loose him and let him go. And so this is probably my favorite Bible quote just because we say it often. And it's just, it's, it kind of brings levity. But like the story is from John <coughs> chapters 11 um, where Jesus is raising Lazarus and specifically in verses 43 through 44. And when he had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, 
Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hands and foot with grave cloths, and his face was bound with a napkin. Jesus said unto his disciples, loose him and let him go. Loose him and let him go. And uh, like we said the other day, uh, scholars believe he said Lazarus because had he not said Lazarus, all of the people all in the grave the dead would have come, come forth. That would have been fantastic. You called? Yeah, right. <laughs> First Peter 2.17, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. And when I looked at that, you know, honor all men, that's soul winning. Love the brotherhood, that's taking care of the family of God. Fear God, that's loving the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Honor the king, obey the laws of the land. So it's kind of a just a, a general, all the well-round, good way to live life. Got a favorite verse, Gavin? I do. Uh, Isaiah 55, <clears throat> excuse me, 8 through 9. I'm sorry, 8 through 11. Uh, for, us, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and mm -hmm. my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down, and the, I'm sorry, for as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing that whereto where I sent it. Uh, that passage just, uh, in, it encapsules, or at least uh, it, it gives the flavor of my thoughts towards Scripture. Seed to the sower, bread to the eater is start to finish. Everything supplies everything from the very beginning to the very end for your life. Um, you, if you want to know anything, if you want to know how to conduct yourself in business, if you want to know how to uh, act towards each other, if you want to know how to um, be wise, if you want to know how to rear children, look to this book and it'll give you guidance that's sound in, um, in as much as it can be, it's airtight in its explanation of how to live. And mine kind of piggybacks off of that. It's hard to pick a favorite Bible verse, but I, I found this one while I was preparing in case I had the mystery topic, and it's dealing, and it's in Second Thessalonians 3, and it's dealing with uh, laziness, basically. And at the end of all of it, he says, and if anyone does not obey our word in this epistle, note that person and do not keep company with him that he may be ashamed. Yet do not count him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. That's a good way, like you were talking about the Bible, telling us how to live our life. You can, it's not bad for someone to feel ashamed for their sin, obviously. They right. should feel ashamed for their right. sin. But you also love them at the same time, even right. if you are making them feel ashamed, you know, pointing, you know, helping them through their sin, right. if that makes sense. Yeah. Shame brings repentance. Mm -hmm. Shame is not a bad thing, but you don't you don't treat the person as an enemy while you're shaming them, yeah. if that makes sense. You yeah. don't add to their shame. Like That's they right. will get plenty of yeah, shame from yeah. themselves and then you love them through that shame, mm -hmm. right? I think someone that, that doesn't have, pity is not the right word, uh, sympathy. Uh, sympathy, sympathy, love, sympathy. mercy for someone, mm -hmm. they haven't done a lot of repentance recently, mm -hmm. you know, because I, on a daily basis, I'm reminded of my humanity and the lowness, if you will. It's very humbling. <laughs> it is, it is. And so, you know, what, God met me in a deer stand years and years ago and basically said, you know, how come with the people that you consider to be your enemies, you're like, get them. But when it's you dealing with, you coming to me with your sin, it's like, please show me mercy. You know, 
what, what if I just show you what you want me to show other people? <laughs> no, no, Lord, I don't. Well, then, then lighten up. <laughs> mm-hmm, but yeah, the Bible says, you know, judge yourself by the standard that, that you're it. judging other that's people right. by. And that's, uh, that's right. not always the best standard. <laughs> it, it, it's not. Uh, Christina texted in that Hebrews 12. Do you have a specific verse in Hebrews 12, Christina? Oh, it's okay. Yeah, Hebrews 1 and 2 is her favorite Bible verse. That's the run the race, isn't it? Yes, she says. That's a good one, too. Uh, I always feel silly saying, you know, one's so better than the other. Cause, the you chap- know, the chapters 1 and 2 are Hebrews no, 12. Chapter 12. Chapter 12. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed with battle, so great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight mm-hmm. and the sin which thus so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Keep your eye on the prize. Amen. Very good. Okay, so we are to our last segment, which Dad is still in control of because we don't have the books yet. So the first one came in, uh, and if you come to me and say, I've got to have this book, I will give it to you because <laughs> we've got four more coming in. Uh, but uh, th- So Kevin Lehman, some of you have been exposed uh, to his books and the such. He's really good, uh, and he helps parents raise children. That, that's what he does. And... Um, he jokingly told his daughter one time uh, because they saw a kid just, you know, hit the wall, screaming at his dad, threatening his dad, and they were in an airport. So when they walked by, he turned to his daughter and said, kids like that are going to make me rich. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, anyway, uh, I've also got uh, three other of his titles. Again, guys, one beggar telling another beggar where to get food. That's my favorite definition of Christianity. And here at Bethel, we're certainly trying to, to do that. We're trying to help people survive, thrive, and the such. And, you know, even though Gavin and I, you know, we're close to the finish line, if not past it by many years of quote-unquote raising children, we're not so far removed that we don't have scars still that we can point to and, you know, even more so on our children. (laughs) I did this to her and did that to him and the such. So we want to help. We really do. And, and we have limits. And so what I've learned to do is when I come to a limit, I go to somebody that doesn't have that limit and I learn from them. And so we're going to try to kind of peruse this book for the next few weeks and the such, uh, and th- they're getting this uh, fresh today. That m- my hope is because basically each uh, have a new kid by Friday. Uh, each chapter is a day, so Monday's a chapter, Tuesday's a chapter, and etc. So my thought, guys, is after today uh, we'll have the rest of these books Friday. I'll try to get them to you Sunday, and so we'll dive in a little deeper on Monday, uh, next Wednesday, and then each week we'll try to deal with the chapter. Now, if we don't, you know get all the honey out of that chapter, we'll, we'll take another week at it and such. But I thought it interesting, uh, at the very beginning of this book, he asks the question, are you a candidate to read this book? Now, you got to understand a little bit about Kevin. He, he, he thinks he's funny, <laughs> so he tries really hard to be funny. Uh, and then also, some, sometimes it's a little raw and edgy. He's not really trying to be mean. He's just trying to illustrate the point. So, uh, take this quiz to find out. Simply mark you know, Y for yes, N for no. 
about you first. Do you expect the best of your child? Yes or no? You just answer that in your heart. Do you mean what you say? Do you follow through on what you say? Do you hold your child accountable for his or her actions? So he says if you're four for four with all the why answers at this point and are feeling pretty good about yourself right now, you may not need this book. But if you have nothing better to do, finish the rest of this quiz just for fun. Do you yell at, scream at, threaten, or conjole your children to do simple, routine things like get up for school, get dressed, eat, do homework, or perform a chore? Now, y'all know that we uh, help uh, raise a little six-year-old girl named Ava, and Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm so glad she has a mom and dad to send her home to. I love that child like I love my own. But, wow, I'm so far removed from six-year-olds. Because I, I you know, I tonight, do you yell? That was yes. <laughs> Scream? Yeah. No. Anyway, so when you say this, so this is the next one. When you say no to your child and your children cries, are you overcome by guilt? Question mark. Do you find yourself giving in to the original request of your child, saying yes to what you had just said no to? And again, I would cave. Being in the grandpa age, uh, it's wonderful to have a 30-year-old close to, to hold the line with that six-year-old because I'd give in or have to just leave because I'd be so upset. Do you engage in long conversations with your child, defending why you said no to a certain request? Question mark. Are you working... You may, none of this may be true about you, someone you know, okay? Uh, are you worried that your child doesn't feel good about himself or herself? Are you bothered that your child doesn't seem happy, question mark? Do you feel over the, sorry, do you plan over-the-top birthday parties? Again, we're not shooting at anybody, okay? I thought this was interesting. Seven-year-old Rose's parents chartered a bus and took her and multiple friends to a city 115 miles away so they could build a bear. And then they celebrated with cake and ice cream at an ice cream parlor. We're not saying that's wrong. We're saying you ought to consider, is it wrong? <laughs> Five-year-old Milky's parents rented the stadium club that overlooked an athletic field. Marty, a single mom, spent a whole month's income on her 10-year-old daughter's birthday party. So moving on, are you concerned about your child not keeping up with the success or achievements of other children? Question mark. Have you ever wished another child would fail so your child would look better? <laughs> Do you have a difficult time saying no? Do you have a hard time saying to your children what you really feel as a parent? Are you frustrated most days? So then about school. Are you overly involved in your child's life? Do you fear that something terrible will happen if you don't chaperone every school field trip? Do you complete your child's school assignments and proje projects? I didn't know that was wrong. <laughs> Do you require a full explanation from your child's teacher when your child doesn't receive a superior grade? Because you did the homework. <laughs> what do you mean he got a B? Do you make excuses for your child not having completed his or her assignments on time? Oh, it was our fault. We had to go to blank and we had to do blank. Does a simple homework assignment take the whole family's energy for an entire evening? Are the end results lots of tears and frustrations in an assignment that either never gets done or doesn't get done right? Do you check and correct homework on your child's behalf? About your children. We're almost done. 
Do you have to be asked to help around the house on a daily basis? Or do they have to be asked? Do they disrespect you and not value what you have to say? Do they fuss about obeying you? Do they lack for nothing? Are they engaged in one or more extracurricular activities? Do they need to be reminded more than once to do something? When they slam the door in your face, do you write it off as just the way kids are? Is bedtime a battle zone? So, I, I dare say, most of our families here would probably say no to most of that. But if any of that is a challenge, th this is a book I think that's going to help us. And if nothing else, it's going to help us to have an answer for other friends, neighbors, and relatives that, that we know, you know, have this struggle. I had kind of the same experience um, in uh, Walmart one day, and this was years ago. Uh, I can't remember if, you know, you, Molly, or one of our children was with us. But, I mean, it, this 13-, 14-year-old girl was telling her mother how the cow ate the cabbage. And I just had to keep walking. <laughs> but I wish I would have had this book. I would have went to my car and got it and said, here, hon, <laughs> when your daughter's away, read it. Uh, but anyway, so. Uh, how we doing on time? All right, we're doing great on we're time. We're fine. But uh, I, I won't take too much more time because I want you guys to have the ability, if you will, to weigh in. Essentially. And we shared the eight principles last week. And one of those principles was don't argue with your kids. Tell them what they're going to do. Walk away. Now, the example he used was a five-year-old son. And when mom went to pick him up, he immediately started, because he didn't get something he wanted, he started screaming at her said, I hate you, so on and so forth, five-year-old child. Well, so mom had already been around three or four other moms that had been exposed to these approaches, and she thought, today's the day. Today's the day. So they got home, and they, he, she didn't say another word to him. They get in the house. Well, when, after preschool, he gets milk and cookies. So you know, a few minutes into the day of being home, he comes in looking for his milk and cookies. He says, Mom, can I have my milk and cookies? And she says, uh, not today. Not today. She turns around and walks away. Well, he starts chasing her. Mom, Mom, we, we always have milk and cookies. And she said, not today. And, of course, well, but why? And so she gets down on his level, eye to eye, and she says, I did not appreciate the tone that you took with me and the way you approached and talked to me. I'm not putting up with that. So no milk and cookies today. Well, then the other stuff started. She walked away. He followed her, and she restated it and said, that's it. That's it, unless you want me to start taking other things away. Well, he, he was done. The next day, you know, things were much better. Uh, now, I can't tell you that that's going to work magically for you. I'm telling you I like the approach. State it. Walk away. Don't argue. Restate it if they want to argue, and then walk away and expect them to do what they should do. Again, chances are you guys are already doing this uh, and, and the such. But, but we, I have, you know, I got this pretty late. Uh, you know, Tony was probably 16 when, when I got this type of information. Uh, but we had already instituted that to some level, you know, because uh, we, we certainly were raised in the day of, 
you get told what to do, and there is no arguing in the such. Well, as a general rule, though, we know families that that's not the case. It, it's a huge argument with a five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten-year-old, whatever the case may be. So uh, I really believe this is going to be a, a, a fruitful study. Uh, comments, questions, corrections, additions. I can say when I was that five-year-old boy, it worked on me. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what my parents would do sometimes. Like I'd get grounded from video games or whatever, and then I would, you know, say for for a week or whatever. I would beg. Well, can I do plan play today? She's like, Well, the more you ask, the less I want to let you. And I, that was enough. I Is was like, it? Okay. Well, okay. Better stop asking. Got to pay my pittance. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Even. at school, so I work with students. Um, well, and, and every student, honestly, would benefit with this, but with ours, they are typically lower in in everything, academically and emotionally, like everything, and physically. And we talk, we teach like this a lot of times. We show them that this is your behavior that you are supposed to be exhibiting, and if you don't exhibit that behavior, these are your consequences. And And it does work for them. Like, you can see from the beginning of the year to the end of the year the difference that being consistent and having strict rules so that they know and learn and can follow. So if it works with my students, special education students, you know, how much easier would it be for the other kids who might be able to catch on to something like that quicker? And I've seen the opposite effect too. Like people close to me who they'll say one thing to their, they'll say, you better not do that. 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 That's all they say. They never do anything. Mm. They just threaten them. And the kids know better. They know they're not actually going to get any punishment for it and they turn into absolute little terrors right. which is unfortunate for the kid right. you bet kids want boundaries that hmm. they will never say that they don't understand that but they want boundaries and they need boundaries and so it, as parents we, we've got to lovingly you know put those boundaries there well I, it's not even just kids it's humans oh, well, as no a doubt. general rule right yeah. we function within boundaries within Correct. the boundary of time space gravity all of those things and it transfers into our emotional life right. and our mental and everything. So relationships you know, through, through the years, I'll have somebody that'll give me an opportunity to use their property hunting or whatever. And I'll tell them, you know, I'm going to call you or text you before I go on your property. And almost, you know, without a doubt, they'll say, no, no, you don't have to worry. I said, no, 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 no. You don't understand. That's your property. I'm not going on your property without you knowing about it. That's a boundary I've set for myself because that's how I would want to be treated, you know, if it were my situation and the such. And, and that, that way, you know, if it because I've even had people, were you out there? Nope, I told you. <laughs> I told you that if I come out to your place, you're going to know it. Oh, oh, that, yeah, okay. I, somebody come and did so-and-so. Well, you know, so now because I had that protection uh, and I, I don't do it, you know, by God's grace. Without without rules, you can't measure anything. Failure, success, progress. You, you can't even understand what love is without rules. Mm. So setting up those those boundaries is setting up a, someone for success. Right. For, for a life that progresses in a positive direction in a fulfilling way. Right, so parents being stern, strict, yeah. setting up those boundaries is not hindering that child in any way. It is 
setting them up for a, a successful future. Focused life. Doesn't it yeah. say in Proverbs, if you spare the rod, you hate your child? Yeah, Essentially. yeah. yeah. and something came uh, a real, I saw, I talked about that first, though, too, talking about how the rod that the shepherd uses, not necessarily, like, we always go to, or I always go to the belt, like, that, like, kind of corporal punishment, but it's, it can also just be something that is uh, guiding them, like, oh, we don't go this way. This might be a topic for a complete section sometime, but there can be nothing wiser a parent can do than to directly associate pain with failure or pain with bad mistakes. Um, so sparing the rod as uh, you're, you're, you're withdrawing that child's experience of pain when they make a bad choice or when they hurt somebody else, um, life will deliver that in a, in a very profound way. Right, and exactly. sometimes a disastrous way. Mm-hmm. If you don't already know that this behavior leads to pain. Uh, so... Whether the pain is corporal and, and using a paddle or belt or uh, grounding or or loss of privileges, privileges yeah. yeah, so associate it with pain. And, and I, I'm sure it's going to come out sooner or later too. But I, th- I think it's important to say that as I, you know, as the Lord essentially trained me through my kids, uh, you can discipline in love and with love, and, and you know. I, I, w- I never corrected one of my children without a hug before and a hug after once I learned that, you know, situation. Um, be- because there's nothing like separation to, to basically teach the child, you know, I, I've been abandoned. No, 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 not at all. We're trying to train you. We're trying to get you to do what's best for you. This type of lifestyle, in other words, you doing what you're told is best for you. This is going to benefit you through life, you know. Um, we, I, I, there's not an employer on the planet that doesn't want somebody to do what they tell them to do, and to do it with energy, gusto, and, and excitement, lo- and love it, and love it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you're gonna do this, and you're gonna like it. Uncle Gavin, do you have a proverbs or a psalm to I end do. the night? Uh, so it goes right along with my my verse. This is Psalms chapter one. I often use the example, if somebody came up to you and they said, here, I've got a check for $100,000 for you, and they handed it to you, what would you do? I'd, I'd go to the bank. Does this guy really no, have a 100000 No, 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 nah, just, just turn that or, baby or, over and <laughs> sign it. <and laughs> take a picture of him. But you'd, you'd wonder if that person has the, right. the means do you have to the cash funds? that right. check. Uh, so this is a, a blank check to, to anybody who's willing to cash it. Uh, Psalms one, Psalms chapter one. Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of waters that yields fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like the, the chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the ways of the righteous, but the ways of the wicked will perish. There's an open check there for the person who wants to model their life after the scripture. Meditate on it. Very good. Day and night. All right. Thank you guys for joining us tonight. Invite your friends, neighbors, and relatives to next week and share the word on your socials. Good night.